And in my past life, I've got to tell you, in my past life, I was a classical musician. In my <laughs> you should see how everybody's eyes just popped out there. Come on, guys. In my past life, okay, I was a classical musician. In my father's head, he's still going to have a child who's a classical musician. <laughs> so one of us, and I think I can take it upon myself to say, somehow in my dreams, in his dreams, I was a classical musician. And so um, I'm happy to say that I can relate. I have in studio with me a phenomenal young woman. And who is not just in her dreams a classical musician. She really is. <laughs> um, Caroline Desigang is in studio with me, who is a composer, a classical music producer. And I'm going to keep it at that because you play so many instruments yeah. that I think if I confined you to one instrument, it'd be quite silly of me. Thanks for coming onto the show. Thank you for having me. You were last year, I think in 2016, on this very show, in fact, I think, um, speaking to Azania Musaka. Yeah, I was actually. And you were talking about um, your concert at Circa. Yes. <laughs> so we is. are back here. Come full Speak- circle. Absolutely. <laughs> we are speaking about a concert at Circa. However... This time, you'll be all alone. All alone. That is such a brave move. And not only are you going to be all alone, you'll be playing the piano. I will be playing the piano. Not something that you get to do publicly a lot. Why have you decided to do that? Um, well, personally, I'm not quite a concert pianist. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I might have the skills to be a concert pianist, but mm-hmm. I'm a very nervous performer. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole premise of this concert is I started at Circa Mm. and um, I'm kind of using the metaphor of a circle of Mm. you coming around and you have a starting point again and Mm. I'm using it to reinvent myself as a performer as well. So Mm. I am now creating a relationship between composer and performer and it is incredibly terrifying but uh, I hope but it goes well. Music is in your blood, isn't it? I mean, you play hundreds, and I'm, I'm, I'm not. I exaggerate here a little bit, but I mean, you get the point. You, you play a lot of instruments. Um, you, you started with which was it? The cello? No, I started with piano, okay. um, and I only started playing cello from the age of fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, my cello is a little bit dusty at the moment. <laughs> um, need to practice. Do I uh, yeah, I need, I need, yeah. I need cello lessons <laughs> and to practice. I probably also need piano lessons and to practice. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I've played all sorts of instruments over the years from, um, flute, clarinet, a little bit of violin, um, melodica, it- if you can even count that as an instrument. <laughs> so, Playing as a passion, mm-hmm. um, which I think is where everybody wants to work from, is very different to playing as a scholar. Yeah. The experiences are different. You grew up playing um, different instruments and so on, and I'm sure the experience was pleasant because I suppose the expectations are that you're playing it for, um, what do they call it? They call it extramural activity. Nobody quite takes it seriously as oh. other stuff until you come across a teacher like you had. The Cox, was it? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And that's different because then you, you're now mingling with the uh, royalty of SA <laughs> classic music. Am I? <laughs> I'm sure. Weren't you feeling like that? No, I don't know. I see music as a very, very 
like I see it in a very strange way. So mm -hmm. from a scholarly point of view, I hated studying music. I, I hated doing my yearly exams. I was a nervous wreck every time I had to do like a grade or I had to, I think I did one I stayed for and I never did one ever again after that. Mm. It was just traumatizing. And then I went to Vits and I studied music and I had... But then decided to go to Trinity, which is more frightening, no, I imagine. No, but Trinity, Trinity was actually a joke. Really? <laughs> yeah. Tell me. It was a joke in the sense that I was like, okay, I've dropped out of of Vits. Uh, out of Vits. Mm -hmm. um, I'm don't know what I'm doing with my life. I know I want to be a composer. I don't know how to compose. So I'm going to apply to Trinity as... Trinity a, Music College in London. Yeah. Um, and it's one of like the top five that, that, schools in the, in the world. Yeah, so um, drop out of it and go to, the, to, a, to a more challenging musical environment. Okay. But what's interesting is it wasn't more challenging. It okay. was, it was really insightful. So I, I applied as a joke. I sent, I sent a, uh, a portfolio. I never thought I would get an audition. Then I got an audition. I went for my audition and then like a month or two later, I got accepted. And, um, it was the most insightful experience because it wasn't as if you were, you were say learning theory every single day or you were taught how to perform. You're basically, I had two supervisors over the two years that I was there and they mm. were both like, stark contrasts to, oh, each, okay. to each other. The first one, she was a very, very contemporary classical mm -hmm. composer, very abstract, very weird way yeah. of writing music, the kind of music that's not ex uh, yes. aesthetically pleasing. Yes. And then my second supervisor was a film composer, so he was more on the commercial side of things. Yes. But my, my homework, say, homework, would be to kind of go out and wander the streets of London and explore and see how the world affected me around me. Hmm. And that's when I started writing my first album, Oyabluk. And um, I started learning to adapt. Well, I started actually learning to think in music. So, so I was going to ask you, because your interest was always to make music into a story. You wanted yeah. to tell story through music, composing. So composing music for films and stuff was something that you were really interested in. Yeah, it was really, it's, and it still is, but I think that um, I, the way that my brain works, mm. I'm more, I'm predisposed to writing something like an entire work of music rather okay. than for something anymore. Do you so, think in music? Well, see, that's the problem. Now, all I do is think in music. Really? Yes. <laughs> do you dream in music? I actually don't know. I dream. I have very weird dreams. Um, but I, like every day, my mind is in music. I think in notes. I think in phrases. I will. It's a lived experience. So yeah, your so inspiration comes from your lived experience yeah. to compose music. Mm -hmm. So if I hear, like from the leaf blower that is two houses down from me, I can start hearing things that are something that's, Musical. yeah, that sort of like creates a rhythm and then I get an idea and then I mull it over in my head until I can finally put it down on paper and, I don't know, create it into something coherent and sort of speak my experience. Well, since you've just told us how you get around to doing it, <laughs> let's hear a piece of that music. Thank mm -hmm. you. 
Okay, so this is from the album Simple Circles, and this is Circle 7. Your music is rhythmic. <laughs> or, or repetitive. No, rhythmic is a good word. Um, because it's therapeutic while it's rhythmic. Rhythm does that, as you know. Yeah, it does that. It's true. It does that. So... Do you feel the same thing every time you hear your music? No. Sometimes I love it and sometimes I hate it. (laughs) Now that you are prepping for the performance coming up at Circa, are you anxious listening to your music? Oh, I'm extremely anxious because firstly, I've completely recomposed my my new, my upcoming album. And, um, I the way that I perform from my second album, which this piece was from, is is completely different. So I don't know, and it's also on my own piano for the first time. So hmm. are you bringing your own piano? Yeah, because I recently acquired a very rare, uh, a rare Art Deco nineteen forty one Steinway upright. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I mean, stop it already. Um, hey? And it's it's really a special, special instrument. And the more I play it, the more wow. the more I'm inspired. It's a relationship, isn't yeah. it? I mean, you have with your instrument. So I've I've finally got my my instrument for life, wow. and it's how precious are you about traveling with it? Well, I have, that's also another thing I'm yep. having a panic attack yep. about because mm-hmm. I'm just thinking yep. about moving it from the middle of my living room into um, that's, that's it, yeah. <laughs> into a different it's space. It's not a small instrument, so you've no. got to worry. Well, it is actually quite small. Really? It's, it's called a pianina, mm-hmm. um, and it's, the whole idea is that it resembles the, which actually works with what my upcoming album is, is because my my new album is called My Body a Prelude mm. and a prelude which was written for piano is a short piece of music that can stand entirely on its own and it was written for a small piano that <laughs> was in a living room <laughs> and played by composers like Liszt and Chopin and there would just be people sitting around <laughs> drinking the men smoking cigars the women <laughs> drinking their champagne or their wine and the composer would just play. So mm. the size of the piano is perfect to the size of me because I'm quite uh, I'm quite a small a small human. It's it's a precious little story. I I know that you're going through an interesting time in your life at the moment. Yeah. You are battling with other things, your health. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it something to sort of be an artist? And I don't know how you used to process your music before this, but to be an artist and also deal with your mortality at the same time, art becomes very different in how you interpret it and how you consume it and how you create it. Um, I don't think so, actually. Okay. I, they're two completely different. I mean, it's not like my health isn't a part of who I am. I mean, mm. I have been sick for a very long time. Mm. But um, my music is also a part of me and mm. who I've been for a very long time. Granted that I haven't always known that and mm. it's taken a lot of nudging from various people to actually get me to be a musician, mm. um, <laughs> including my parents who wouldn't let me be a beautician, but rather uh, go, to, go to music school. Um, so I, no, I don't, I, I mean, the two can be intertwined. Mm. I mean, it, of course, your health affects the way that you think and the way that you live and how you Has your health overwhelmed you? 
obviously it's overwhelmed me at times, mm. but I mean, look at me. You look fantastic. <laughs> I, I look fantastic. I'm still alive. Yeah. I'm throwing a concert on the 10th of May. So I don't, I mean, I don't know how comfortable you are to talk about your health, but this is for listeners at home. This is somebody who goes to chemo every week. Well, no, no, I don't go to chemo. I just take chemo. So it's like, um, it's like waking up on a Wednesday morning and putting two panado in my mouth and Mm, taking it and thumbs up. (laughs) So that in relation to, to that, does it consume you? Um, on Wednesdays it does. It doesn't mm. feel particularly nice because I mean, mm. nothing that is suppressing your immune system feels nice at all. Mm. Um, but, um, I get through the day like mm. I get through every day and mm. it's perfectly fine. I still practice on Wednesdays. Do you? I, I do. <laughs> oh my word. So do you, do you take the medication before the practice or is it the other way around? I take it. I take my medication at five o'clock. So, oh by, like eight, so by like eight or nine, I know exactly how I'm going to feel. And then I kind of space off my day. But I'm also not one of those type of people that when I'm at home, I rest. I don't rest. I run around and I do things and then... Feeling ill. Yeah. And then I'm just because I, 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 don't, I don't have an off switch at all. Yeah. So I'm always moving around and always doing everything. And you are a trooper. <laughs> Let me tell you, you are a trooper. We continue our conversation with, I think, a phenomenal young woman. And you can give us a call on 011-883-0702. My guest is Caroline Lessigang and she's in studio with us with more of her classical music after this. I'm with classical composer Caroline Lessigang, who's in studio with me, who I think is absolutely phenomenal. So Caroline... We've been speaking about your health and we haven't told people what's wrong with you. So what is wrong with you? Um, let's just say I have an autoimmune disease mm-hmm. with uh, various parts of my body that are involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in my press release it says that I'm having a heart surgery. <laughs> um, but the, the best way, I, I'm all for metaphors at the moment, mm-hmm. um, is to explain that uh, the one problem that I have is everybody has uh, an appropriately fast heart rate at some point in their life. Yep. So say, imagine you're standing next to or in front of the person you really, really like, and you have that feeling of your heart racing and you weaken the knees mm-hmm. and by that person that you are going to kiss for the first time. <laughs> and she goes there, hey? I mean, I mean if, you, if you're going to talk about, if you're going to talk about the heart, you might as well <laughs> make it literally about the heart. So yeah. you could say that, uh, that moment before you actually kiss someone and you're all weak in the knees and that person can say, can send how fast your heart rate is going and it's very inappropriate and very awkward. <laughs> I'm <Can I> just. <laughs> I have to tell you. So I'm busy looking at you and I'm talking to you. And Aki Anastasio, who does our traffic, right? <laughs> Cannot stop going on about that kiss before, that race of the heart before the but kiss. But it's true. Right? It's like it's an inappropriately fast heart rate. So, and then when you finally kiss the person, then your heart rate goes down and you calm down and everything. So I wouldn't say I'm having a heart surgery. I'm saying I'm stuck in the moment before the kiss. Oh, and I'm no. wait, and I'm, oh, and, uh, I'm waiting for that. Jeez. Great release of <laughs> the kids. <laughs> of the kids. <laughs> Listen, it's such a wonderful way of looking at this because 
I, mean, I suppose if you don't laugh, you'll cry all the time. So Probably. I mean, I cry it's sometimes. Way. It's a good way of looking at it. <laughs> so are you always on that high? I'm always on that high. Do you know what it's like to have like... Absolutely. Like the, a, the, the minute before the kiss. <laughs> it's like you're weak on the knees. <laughs> Your heart is pounding. Jeez, I want what you have. you just like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't. And mine's just lasted inappropriately long. Oh. So it's time for it to slow down. All right, listen, we've got somebody who wants to say hello to you. Kulu in Senton. Hi, Kulu. Hello. Hello, Kulu. Hi. How are you? Good. And you, you want to speak to uh, Caroline? Yes. Go ahead. Kara. Hi. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I just wanted to say um, good luck for a concert. And you know I'm rooting for you always, <laughs> right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> And you sound so, um, you sound so uh, uh, lively. Mm. I'm so, happy to see that you're doing so well. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Kulu. Thanks yes, for your and call. Me and the team and everyone, you know, we're always there for you. I know. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, right. Kulu. Thanks. Uh, it must mean a lot to have that kind of support around you, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, mm. I think everyone has support in some way or, or form. Mm. Um, I mean, like, I, I'm quite a... I'm quite an introvert, actually, mm-hmm. like as vivacious and mm-hmm. brazen and, um, to quote my mother, she, <laughs> she, she calls me, uh, a hussy, <laughs> a little bit of a hussy, <laughs> but not in an immoral sense, but, um, I'm adorable. I like, I like to keep to myself. I like mm-hmm. my personal space. Mm-hmm. I like, to live in my head and my music and seems come to up me, for air every now and then. Seems to me like you're living your life to the full and I think that's yeah. all we can ever ask for. I mean, there are some things that I want to start getting back into, like wielding a circular saw and building some furniture again and maybe now with winter coming up, starting to knit a thousand and one beanies and try and finish So all of us are feeling like underachievers at this very moment. <laughs> Thanks very much to you, Caroline. Uh, I'm, I'm just a crafty person. And when I, I always have like these wild ideas of, okay, I want to build something. So then I will go and buy wood and buy a circular saw <laughs> and try and Google actually how to use it without cutting anything off mm-hmm. and then create something like i've always been a very crafty person i like to keep busy you're talented and you're a massive inspiration to us all thank you very much for coming in <laughs> thank you all the best for your show thank you caroline Lisegang there who is a classic is a classical composer and she'll be at circa and we'll give you all the details after the break